Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance, hour number two, back most certainly not better than ever. Aggravated as all get out. We've talked about it this morning. The college stuff drove me crazy. Eagles, uh, 49ers was a great game yesterday. The rest of the NFL slate was was less than spectacular. Terrible calls in Green Bay last night that wound up going a long way towards determining that game. That's where we've been for hour number one, and it continues. I will, just as a brief aside, Christine Lisi doing the Sports Center update at the top there, just running through the things. The New York Jets are contemplating a change to their fourth starting quarterback of this season, having now gone through Zach Wilson, Tim Boyle, and Trevor Simeon. That sounds like the worst double play combination, and, and, and it can be, right? That's a, the old, you know, Wilson to, to Boyle to Simeon <laughs> double play. Could anything be more depressing when you consider where we started the season, the fact that that's the conversation? Like I don't think it was so, a double play. I think it ends in an error. That's Oh, absolutely right. They yeah, throw E6. the ball into the stands. Yeah. Well, and None of these guys could throw it, that's for sure. Flacco looked pretty good yesterday. Aaron Rodgers. Well, here's the thing. I tweeted this yesterday. I try really hard not to think about this. But if you want to, if you look at it this way, in the last six years, the New York Jets have used two top three NFL draft picks on quarterbacks and traded for one of the best that ever lived. And yet this year they've got the worst quarterback play in NFL history. I don't care what the statistics say. There has never been a team whose quarterbacks were worse. Do you remember there was that one year during COVID where I want to say it was, was it Cleveland who had no, Denver had no quarterback. They yes. all got yep. tested yeah, positive. Same week. And they had to play like a corner in that game at quarterback mm-hmm. or something like that. That guy was way better Kendall than what Hinton? the Jets have. Kendall Whatever. Hinton. Kendall Hinton right now would be the starting quarterback for the Jets this week. Come on. The, the Jets also had Gardner Minshew at one point. He's going to be in the playoffs. Joe H- Flacco Hinton's at one point. League, so He's going to be in the playoffs. In. Not good. I don't think we had Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew you had at one point. The Eagles traded for him from you. We did? Yeah, that was before last season. I don't re- I don't have any recollection of Are having sure? Gardner Minshew. Yeah, we had Teddy Bridgewater. You, t- you called me one day and t- said to take down a tweet because I called the Jets stupid. Uh, stand by. Let me find that. I don't, I don't remember <laughs> that it was Gardner Minshew. But one way that. or another, go ahead. What, what, what was it? That. I'm going to find that. I don't remember the Jaguars that. traded Minshew to the Eagles. Yeah, I don't think that it was Minshew that we had. It doesn't matter. The point of it is that... Yes, you're right. I'm sorry. It was, I'm thinking of Flacco. That's so depressing that it's hard to even wrap your head around. Like, you can't dedicate more resources to a problem than they have. Like, in that regard, it's impossible. You can't blame them. We've tried everything. We took a guy number three, then we took a guy number two, then we said, oh, hell with it. We obviously can't draft somebody, so we're going to trade for, like, the best guy ever. And we got four plays. Like, it's it's it's... I just can't allow myself to think about it. But, I mean, the Jets are the only team in the league who could be trailing a game 13 to 8 and it's a two score game. <laughs> That's it, not even a, the score of a football game. But it's by the a two score game. It for the Jets the two field goals away from winning the game. They have no chance of scoring a touchdown. That's a three score game because it would require three safeties. Yeah, I mean if we were do, if we're counting it in safeties, but realistically the Jets right. every once in a while kick a field goal so, of but, a turnover. but they don't score a touchdown ever. Ever, literally ever. They have more safeties than they have touchdowns in the first quarters of games Eight this year. Eight consecutive games scoring one or fewer touchdowns, which is the longest streak since the 2011 Chiefs yeah. went nine straight. How bad were the 2011 <laughs> Chiefs? Was that Herm's team? Uh, probably. I don't know. One way or another, it's just so depressing. But I'm, I'm not allowing myself to That was to Todd Haley and that. Romeo Cornell's team. Yeah, well, there you go. 
So here's anyway. I don't want to talk about that anymore. Let's talk about something less depressing, mm. like what happened to Florida State yesterday. And we can get through some of these other numbers. But just because I think a lot of people are probably tuning in here at the top of another hour, just because that's such an overwhelmingly important thing that happened yesterday. I, I, as, as big a deal as is being made of it, I don't think it's quite big enough. And, and, and maybe because the problem is rectifying itself next year by expanding this thing to 12 teams – I feel like we're not explaining – I feel like the magnitude of the wrong that was done yesterday is being undersold. Like Heather Dinish, God bless her. I love Heather, and she is magnificent. But she said on our show on Get Up Today, look, the system was set up that has five conferences and four teams. Someone was always going to be mad. I get that. If you had five teams that had accomplished essentially equal things, if they were all unbeaten or they all had one loss – or something like that, if one of the conferences was so dramatically worse than the others, but that isn't the case. People talk about the ACC like, like you know, like, like they're the Big East of college football. That's not right. It's just not. Their strength of record is three. There is an objective way of measuring this stuff. And so... And, and, and I'm not casting aspersions on the people in that room. I'm not. I firm, I fully believe that these are people who take this job really seriously. They understand better than anyone because they're lifers in the business. Just what is at stake here? Just how painful so the outcome of some of these decisions can be and everything else. I believe they did what was right. My criticism is not of the committee as much as it is of having one in the first place. And I've been saying this forever. And a lot of people are misconstruing something that I that I posted on Twitter yesterday. So I want to make it clear what exactly it was I posted. When I started saying this is an outrage leaving Florida State out, blah, 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 people started tweeting back at me, Greeny, that's the opposite of what you posted this morning when you said you thought the four best teams were whoever I said the four best teams were. And the point that I was then making is, well, you didn't read the whole tweet. An hour before the committee announced its picks, I tweeted the following. Here's who I believe are the four best teams, which I post only to demonstrate why it is ridiculous to allow people's opinions to determine a championship, because I'm sure yours are different from mine, and that's the point. And so I said the four best teams to me are Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, and then either Texas or Washington. Put in whichever of those two you wanted, and I would have been okay with it. That's what my eye test said. And then your response would be, well, who the hell cares what your eye test says? And I would have had to say, yeah, you're right. My opinion doesn't make a damn bit of difference. Why would it? We have objective ways of measuring the accomplishments of these teams. So the idea that we're trying to pick the four best has been a fool's errand from the beginning. The only way to choose who gets to play for the championship is by rewarding the teams who had the best seasons. One of the things I've always heard people say was uh, the coaches and everybody else, great teams overcome adversity. Well, Florida State overcame adversity. They lost their starting quarterback. They still found a way to win a game against a good team. Found a way to win. They lost their backup too, who, oh, by the way, I think would have been healthy to come back. So they played with their third-string quarterback Saturday. They could have been with their second-string quarterback if they had, well, whenever it is they play next, which now will be against Georgia, and whatever. Who knows who will play in that game? Those games don't count for anything. I mean, they, they, they count, but 
who knows how many of their players will and won't play in that game and motivation and everything else. I, I never place any stock in the outcome of those games as being determinant of what should have happened in the first place. So the point I'm trying to make here is we have just allowed football, in this case, to become figure skating. And I never want that to be misconstrued. I don't want it to sound like I'm diminishing figure skating. Figure skating is a sport that by its nature can only be judged subjectively. That's the only way to decide. You can't assign point totals. I know that they do. They do this move, that move, this move. But at the end of the day, people have to decide who did it best. There's no other way. Same with boxing. You can't let them keep fighting till someone gets knocked out because people will just start dying left and right in those rings. So you have to assign judges to decide this stuff. You can't do that with football, or at least you don't have to. Yeah, Bubba. So what you were saying, uh, you know, should be the, the, the best teams who had the best season. Right. So obviously, you know, Florida State, that makes sense. In the past, there was obviously the th- with, when UCF, would, would you say you want to basically be any teams who's like undefeated? No, they of should, course not. So, who, so who, who's making the decision then in your You still want I'm the making co- the decision based on. The committee upon, is still making the decision? No. But, we, have, we have a computer program that determines this. I didn't spit out the top four strength of record, and right. neither did the committee. So if UCF's strength of record, I, I, we can, can we go back to that year? Sure. Well, Whatever I, year the it BCS was. The BCS actually did do put out the four, and they had Michigan, Washington, Alabama, FSU. So the, the old BCS system did put out the four. Oh, the four. BCS is way better than the method we have now. Oh, way better. Yeah, way better. So, so, I'm, so you're saying not, you don't want a committee. You want put specific things into a computer. Right. And that's what it is. Yeah, the, right. the human element four. of this is deciding what we are going to allow to be the criteria right. that judge this. In the NFL, we have all these tiebreakers, right? It's going to come down to strength of points and strength of conference record, whatever it is. I understand that when these college teams are playing, it's not the same apples-to-apples comparison you have in the NFL. So use other metrics. I don't know what they are, and I don't care. I don't know what goes into making the strength of record schedule or a strength of record ranking. I only know that it exists, and if you want to change what – get a bunch of football coaches in there and let them decide what should be the criteria we're using to make up this number. I'm sitting here telling you right now if Florida State's number had come out five yesterday, I would be on the other side of this. This is not just about being unbeaten. It is about their strength of record being higher, better, their accomplishment being greater. If you want to tweak the program so that it maximizes this or minimizes that, Great. You do that. I don't know how they do it. It doesn't make any difference how they do it. I merely know that they do it. And once they've done it, these decisions aren't as complicated as we're making them seem. Yeah. We've turned this over to 13 people in the whole history of mankind. Look, one of the big problems that we have facing us as a civilization right now, I'm not going to get in the middle of the whole AI debate, but at the end of the day, if there's one thing we figured out, it is that one computer can decide something a whole lot better than 13 people in a room. And that's what we have decided. We have just chosen to put 13 people in a room. Yes. So I just have to do it because I'm me. The way that we put people in the Baseball Hall of Fame originally with all the writers is genius because you have to get to 75%. And then we're talking about hundreds of people that have to agree on something. How do we wind up with Fred McGriff in the Hall of Fame? How do we wind up with Harold Baines in the Hall of Fame? We get 12 people in a room and eight of them have to agree on something. And that stinks. That is a process that stinks because you've been in rooms like that, Greeny. Yeah. When you're talking about a dozen people, the most powerful, the loudest, the people who are most persuasive, their opinions always wind up ruling the day, even if they're wrong. It's way too few people 
to make a decision of this magnitude. The BCS with this system would have been perfect because we're going to assign, we're going to put into a computer all the inputs. These are the things that we care about the most. And then we're going to remove the biases of human beings. That's the perfect methodology. But we we, wind up getting this instead. But we do it is the point. It exists. We just don't use it (laughs) as the be-all, end-all. So look, what you're telling me, uh, Bubba, is that the BCS would have had Florida State out of a two-game, a two-team playoff. Mm -hmm. Right. Now, that, of course, happened once before because there were three teams that finished unbeaten that year. It was Auburn, Oklahoma State. uh, Excuse me, Auburn, Oklahoma, and USC. That was 2004. And and Auburn got left out as as memory serves. That's right. And that's because if you have three teams and two spots, someone's going to get left out. I right. get it. I feel bad for those players, but they weren't wronged. Some qualitative decision, some way of actually deciding this, determined that they were the third best in a two team field. That sucks, but it was legitimate. In this case. Florida State, the numbers decided they were the third best team in a four-team field, and these 13 people overruled it. <laughs> That's what happened. Does, why isn't this By clear the way, to everyone? How does the committee get to a point where, like, you know, they're not better than Bama? But they're better than Georgia. Well, that, well, there is Come no on. Way. There is no way. Come on, The guys. only way they can do that is now we've separated it. They'll explain it by saying, well, one of them is a conference champion and the other one isn't. And that hold some significance but at the end of the day what they would really tell you is after four who gives a damn like we'll just we'll just you know give it ceremonially um and and that but and that's the truth and, and so they didn't want to and and whatever and if you're at florida state what do you care if you're five or six you're in the same game anyway so you know i just feel terrible i i feel terrible for everyone connected to that thing and i and it just it leaves you with a very very bad taste in your mouth. It's very 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 unsatisfying today. I feel awful for those te- for that team, for those coaches, and for that fan base. All right, we will come back uh, with the scoop. I got a ton of stats that are going to make your jaw hit your chest, all that kind of stuff, and more as we roll on for a moment here. By the way, if you're still looking for amazing gifts. At Total Wine and More, you'll find gifts for everyone on your list with the lowest prices for over 30 years. You'll always find what you love and love what you find only at Total Wine and More. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Drink responsibly, B21. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Dominique Foxworth has wandered into our studio, and nothing can be more delightful than that. We'll get to it in a minute after, or in 30 seconds, I should say, after this word from Farm Fresh. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees. Did you know that buying real Christmas trees helps save the American Christmas tree farming industry? For every 10 Christmas trees planted, an acre of land is saved, and so are American farmers' jobs. Plus, buying real Christmas trees helps keep real holiday memories alive while helping our environment. Buy real Christmas trees this holiday season at Lowe's or wherever Christmas trees are sold. Get more information online at GetRealKeepItReal.com. All right, so this is driving me nuts, Dominique, and I need you to help me figure out how to handle this. Social media is a dangerous, uh, well, for any number of reasons, but one of them is that, generally speaking, when one makes a statement on social media, there is very little room, if any, for nuance. Right. We have very little space. So people during the Florida State game on Saturday night when they were playing Louisville, I tweeted, it's tough for me to picture being in the room if I'm one of those committee people and saying this is one of the four best teams in the country. Everyone is now sending that tweet back at me, those who have not been listening to what I said and saying, Greener, you're the one who said they weren't one of the four best teams. So I, I can just – I have to just keep saying this over and over again. It doesn't matter whether I think they're one of the four best teams or whether anyone else thinks they're one of the four best teams, or at least it shouldn't. This is not – this should not be an exercise in subjectivity – and we have turned it into that. Were the Giants better than the Patriots the year the Patriots lost to them in the Super Bowl in, in that undefeated season? Perfect. Like Neither time were they. Yeah, right. this is this is this is the beauty of sports. Is no, they weren't. And we know that they weren't. They know that they weren't. But they were that day for that time, and they won the championship. So this is an interesting thing where something seems so clear in your mind, but it's difficult to articulate because it's subjective and there's so many different it's like the MVP debate is some years in that it's subjective but it matters so much more than MVP debate and I get people telling Florida State like get over it shut up be quiet a little bit but also it really really matters like Mike Norvell's job his job is maybe extended Five years from now, because that one time he got him to the semifinals, the amount of money that the conference gets and the teams get, the reputation of the players, having your draft status, like this stuff really does matter. We like to pretend like it's a game, but no, this is not high school football. This is professional football at this point. I will say the, the best way when we're arguing with Dan this morning and Paul and all them, the best way that I finally came to to explain what to say what I'm trying to say is Florida State there's nothing that you can tell them that they could have done differently. Right. Everybody else who is on the cusp 
you can point to one thing and say, well, it's your fault. Shouldn't have lost to Texas. It's your fault. Shouldn't have lost to Oklahoma. It's your fault. Shouldn't have lost to um, Alabama if you're, if you're Georgia. You can say that to those teams. To Florida State, you can't say it's your fault. You should have done something better. They did the things that you asked them to do. They had a winning record against the SEC. They scheduled LSU well in advance. You didn't know how good LSU was going to be, but presumption is LSU is going to be pretty freaking good. They scheduled them and beat them. They beat everybody else in their conference, a conference that had a winning record against the SEC. They went on to win the conference championship. They did everything, and they're in a major conference. It's not like the year when UCF. Like, well, hey, we did everything we could do. We're UCF. Like, yeah, I mean, I get it. You did everything you could do, but you're not in a real, like, major conference. This is really hard to accept. This is the most difficult decision for them to justify, in my view. And do I think that they would have won? No. Could they? Yeah. Do they deserve to be in there? And I know those words are kind of difficult to balance, but that's what it comes down to, to me, is every criteria that we normally hold up, they met. The benchmark. The only thing is that their quarterback broke his leg. And, and if I were to, I'm not even disagreeing with what you're saying, but I would arrive there in a different place, which is to say in sports, you don't get what you deserve. Right. You get what you earn. Right. For as long as, as the game of football has been played, you get what you earn. Yeah. And, and I've pointed out again repeatedly, I, I hate the, to keep repeating myself. For those of you who have been with me all morning long, I'm sure you're getting sick of hearing it. But I'm now getting very worried about having my words taken out of context. In figure skating, yeah. there is no objective way to decide you were better than you. Mm-hmm. You need people to decide. You don't need that in football. We have an objective way. I'm holding a sheet of paper in my hand that shows it. Listen to me. If this we, – we put some metrics into a computer. I don't care how. Whatever we've decided, that's where the human element of this comes in. Right. All these former coaches should decide. These are the criteria that should, in, in, a, in, a, in a college football world where everything can't be apples to apples because right. they don't play each other, they don't play the same schedule, we've decided that these nine things are going to be the nine things that go into the computer program that spits out the four teams at the end. And then you should have spit them out. And if they had spit out Florida State fifth, I would have been fine with right. this. But they spit out Florida State third. They actually spit out Texas fifth, and that's those are the numbers. The problem is when we had the BCS, we had people saying, "Oh, computers are computers." We listen to stupid people <laughs> instead of smart people, and say, "Well, we'd rather have people making this decision than computers," and that doesn't actually make sense. Yeah, because people can be biased, and yeah. computers cannot. And twelve people is far too few a number of people to decide something of this magnitude because the opinion of one or two of them can so easily overpower sensibility. Right. We've all been in conversations like these. We've all been in rooms like these. So a person or two, a louder one, maybe an extra persuasive one, makes what we think to be a pretty good point. And if you're sitting there in a room eating snacks and watching all these football games, you can easily talk yourself into Alabama being better than Florida State. Of course they are, especially given the fact that they're going to be playing with their backup quarterback or even their third-string quarterback. But they only use that criteria, Dominique, for half of the time here. Either you have to include Georgia, who's obviously one of the four best teams, Mm -hmm. if you're going to go the best route, or you have to include Florida State if you're going the most deserving route. They did neither. They did both, and that's the logic pretzel that I can't untie. Yeah, that's the thing is they the subjectivity and the thing about computers or whatever is it's clear. 
So at the beginning of the year, this is what we care about. These right. are objective mm. things that we care about. Whoever wins these objective categories will be the team that is rewarded at the end. And then when they can get to the end and say, oh, well, mm, sorry, you knew what it was. You didn't beat these teams by enough points. You didn't schedule tough enough teams. Like, it's fine. Sorry. It's what it is. It's not on us. But this way you can – Put yourself in a situation where you contradict and conflict with yourself. And to your point, in a room of 13 people, you could just be the one with the most relationships, the most mm-hmm. friendships, and the one that people trust the most or whatever. And Or you, like you mentioned, you could be a, a, an incredibly persuasive person. It doesn't mean that you're right or wrong because any one of these arguments, like I mentioned, of all the six teams that got in, they all or all the four teams that got in, six teams that we thought had a possibility – they all have reasonable arguments that if you only heard that one or the person who was delivering it was handsome like me, then how could you say no to this face? hundred <laughs> percent. And look, I want to make it clear again. I'm not casting aspersions on the people making the decisions. I think right. they did what they think is right. My fault, my criticism is with the fact that they were making this decision in the first place. And if I hear one more freaking person bring up, well, we don't want another game like Georgia-TCU last year. Do you know why TCU was in that game? Because they beat Michigan in the semifinals. I mean, you put TCU in, and they won a game. Every now and again, you're going to get a blowout. You can't do anything about it. It wasn't because they were 70 points worse than Georgia. So if you were a person on that committee, and I asked you as a former football player, how much of a difference, how much should I weigh the fact that Florida State's superstar quarterback is not available to them and why I should not use that as a reason to exclude them, what would your answer be? Why should you should not use that as a reason to exclude them? Mm-hmm. Because it's they've earned it. They deserve it. They, that was their reason. Yeah. That was their number one reason why they excluded them. That was the only reason. <laughs> is there anyone in this room or anyone on planet Earth who doubts that if the quarterback had gotten hurt that they would be in there yeah, now? Yeah. Of course they'd be in there now. Right. So what I'm asking you is, why should they not use that as a disqualifier? Because that's not how sports are played. Right. I mean, the Lakers got swept in the NBA Finals last year. So should we go back and say, oh, we should have fixed that. It was a bad matchup. They didn't deserve <laughs> to be in it. No, they won the games that they were supposed to win to get them to the spot that they're supposed to get. I, and was Florida State, I guess, in the long run, in the history of college football, was Florida State going to win the national championship? Probably not, but it could have been the greatest upset in the history of whatever. So 50 years from now, maybe we won't look back on this and think it was a big travesty. But right now, at this moment, it does feel like, to the original point that I made, I think Greeny and I are making the same point from different perspectives, is I like to be able to tell the team that is not that is left out, you could have gotten in had you done this better. Had you done this better, there was nothing. They did all the things you wanted from scheduling the tough teams to winning all of their games to winning their conference championship to existing in a power five. What more do you want Florida State to do? Let me add to this. Last week, so in the penultimate rankings, Florida State was four. Yep. Texas was seven. This weekend, Florida State beat Louisville, who was 14. Yep. Texas beat Oklahoma State who was 18, Texas jumped all the way up to three. Because Alabama beat Georgia. Because Alabama beat Georgia, and suddenly that, and suddenly they couldn't leave them out and, and put Alabama in. And because their loss was a while ago. Because, again, that's Georgia's argument is legitimate also. Their one loss was to Alabama, and it just was too recent. Right. <laughs> I mean, like, none of this stuff really adds up. You got hot at the right time. All of this stuff seems incredibly 
arbitrary. It's random. And, it's just, and, and they're also undercutting the whole point of these rankings. Like, we get excited and we show up for these rankings. We can't wait for the rankings because we think they freaking matter. Right. But then we get to the end of the season. They're like, hey, you know all this stuff we were talking about week by week? This matters. This changes. Playoff implications in the balance. No. We're going to wait to the end of the year and see how we feel. Yeah. Don't show us the back of the napkin if you vomited on the <laughs> Real versus fake. That's what we're debating here. Which things were real and which things were fake. It's brought to you by Real Christmas Trees. Get real and keep it real this holiday season by buying real Christmas trees at Lowe's or wherever real Christmas trees are sold. For more info, visit GetRealKeepItReal.com. Uh, let's turn to the NFL here, Neek. So, uh, Hembo, because he is from Philadelphia and thus just always negative, I mean, in, in, in a world of glass full or glass uh, glass half full or glass half empty, he's got like a sip left. Who's, who's more negative, Boston or Philly? Oh, Philly is way oh, okay. more negative. Oh, we shatter our glasses. They <laughs> okay. just drink half the water. Okay. Okay. And, and not only that, they want to shove it in your face. They, they, these are whatever. Anyway, <laughs> has there ever been a greater personification of a city's sports fandom than that guy, Big Dom? I oh, mean, that has was, anyone no. ever been more perfectly cast in a role than he was? If I were not married, I would get a tattoo of him. <laughs> uh, since I am married, I'm merely going to get a T-shirt of him and wear it. Uh, to a show by the end of the week. Our old friend Diana Rossini said her Christmas shopping is now done. She just because her husband is from Philly and yeah. all of them that she's just getting Big Dom shirts. Anyway, they and he and Cam, mm-hmm. my two Eagle fans, have just jumped ship. Oh, we stink. We're terrible. The coaches are bad. We're no good. We were, weren't really good all year long anyway. It's we were bad. We were barely winning. I can't believe it. We're not any good. This is a disaster. It's a Code mischaracterization. One. Oh, you said all those things. I did not say we stink. I said the opposite of that. What did you say? I literally said we do not stink. We just have problems to fix. Okay. So basically. Yeah, you said he stinks. He Somebody said stinks. they stink. God. Yeah, same thing. This is a team that in the last six weeks beat the Dolphins. Beat the Cowboys, beat the Chiefs, beat the Bills. Was playing their third game in 13 days yesterday against a team that was playing on extra rest. And this was a game until midway through the third quarter when I think that the physicality of San Francisco, who might be the better team, but the physicality of San Francisco really started to show itself because the Eagle defense in particular ran out of steam. That's my position. What is yours? Um, I think all that you said is absolutely right. The difficult thing with using this rest as uh, um explanation is that they haven't really been steamrolling people. Like, when they did have rest and when they were playing against lesser opponents, they were still pulling out the games at the end. Um, I do think the rest played a part and the intense level of play that they had the last 13 days played a part in it. That's why they lost 42 to 19. That's not why they lost, though. I think they lost because San Francisco has fewer issues. And to your point about Eagles fans being negative, that team is 10 and 2 and was 10 and 1 at the time, and they were booing their offense. They showed clips of people in the stadium whipping off their jerseys. Like, what are you doing? You were just in the Super Bowl last year. Your team has lost one game and is just having a tough time against the best team in the NFC. Relax, Okay, Philadelphia. Okay, timeout. Greeny, these are first-world problems to have, but they mm-hmm. are problems nonetheless. Okay, there are two things that I think I can clearly and obviously say about the Eagles, who I am viewing through a Super Bowl prism and nothing right. short of that. Their defense right now is probably the most underperforming unit in the NFL. There's really, really talented people on it. Okay. And they allowed a touchdown. Go ahead. 
No, keep going. Oh, I thought you were interrupting I'm enjoying me. what you're saying. No, <laughs> this underperforming defense, which is 10-2. and two. Go ahead. Yes, 10-2. and two, The 25th-ranked unit in the NFL mm-hmm. using our efficiency metric allowed gotcha. a touchdown on six consecutive drives, and it would have been 60 if the game had lasted that long. Right. Okay? Mm-hmm. And secondly, the Eagles have lost their identity on offense. What made the Eagles' offense what it was last year was the fact that they had this running game that you couldn't stop even when you know it was coming. The Eagles have 343 fewer rushing yards right now than it did last year. The Eagles' RPO game has effectively been cut in half. Yes, they are 10-2. and two. Yes, that's a great place to be. But viewing this team through a Super Bowl prism and knowing the sort of process by which we have arrived at this place does not give me much confidence because those numbers say this is the third best team in the NFC right now behind San Francisco who just dog stumped us and then Dallas too. Yeah, it's impossible to disagree with any of that. I think the injury to the quarterback impact the, the running game. I think the exodus of coaches on both sides of the ball is going to impact this team because it's not just the head or the coordinators that you lose. The coordinators take people with them, and the staffs are rebuilding. I would have hoped by now they would have gotten better, but it's difficult to also be getting better, addressing your issues, and then play three tough games in 13 days. I think the fact of the matter is last, last year it was Eagles versus the field. They were head and shoulders above everyone else, and they were, to use your terminology, dog-stomping everyone. Everybody, mm-hmm. which is probably why they had 300 rushing yards because the game was over in the fourth quarter. 300 more rushing yards the game was over in the fourth quarter sure. every game last year. But that's not where they are right now. They are still a contender in the NFC. However, they are not head and shoulders. Like Last year, I picked the Eagles to get to the Super Bowl. And then as the season went on, if you were to give me the field, which is normally something I never do because football is a single elimination, I would have taken the Eagles over the field. That's how good they are now. Now the Eagles are in the field. They're at the top of the field, but they're in the field. It's nothing to be ashamed of. They have problems, but they do have playmakers on the team. The issues in the middle of the defense, they cannot solve. Uh, maybe if they get a little bit more healthy, they can address those issues, but they're going to have to put the pressure on the D-line to, to dominate, and they didn't dominate yesterday, and they have injuries up there too. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a tough situation for that team, but they're still I, – I wouldn't be like as down as you are – how shocked would you be if they're back in the Super Bowl? Not at all. Because yeah, I mean, so, that was the 49ers Super Bowl. All yeah. right. And they won it. And congratulations to them. They talked the talk and then they walked it. The Eagles, a month from now, might be in way better position than they right. are right now. But what yesterday did was demonstrate they have a long way to go if they're going to wind up getting back to that game. And that's something that I have thought about for the last month, despite the fact that they kept winning. What I think yesterday demonstrated is just how valuable the one seed is going to be. Yeah. That extra rest is so critical when there are three teams that I think are bunched as closely as San Francisco, Philly, and Dallas. And, and maybe, in fairness, maybe the 49ers are the best of those three. But if, if, if one of the other two winds up getting that extra week of rest, yeah. I think it could make all the difference when they play each other. You have somewhere to go? You want to sit a few more minutes? Um, I got a we're, few more we're minutes. On another, we're going to make another 15 minutes. You good? I got you. All right, stay close, Bob. Take a short break. We'll come back. We'll do the rest of your NFL picture yesterday in just a moment. Oh, and I've got trivia. I don't have the – go ahead. Nick, you're going to get in on trivia here. So we it. go. Hembo, I don't have the ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum. Go ahead. Hembo, what's the question? All right, since – speaking of the one seed, since seeding began in 1975 – which NFL franchise has earned the one seed the most times? Which team has earned the one seed in their conference the most times? Seeding began in 1975. Uh, 75. Hold your thought. The answers are coming I up next it. on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. 
Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Greeny, the podcast. Wow, okay, and how are your trivia skills? This is Sneaky Himbo Trivia. Regular sneaky or extra sneaky? All right, so again, we keep uh, track of all of our scores. Dominique Foxworth continues with us in our studio. Um, so, Nick, as you just prepare to, to, to when you make your guess here, just be aware that every time we read the standings, which is literally every day, you are going to be mentioned. Okay. So you are either going to be 1-0 and or 0-1. Mark Cuban, to this day, is 0-1, and, <laughs> and, and he, w- he was on two months ago. Can't get off the schneid, that guy. Yeah, so yeah, we we got to get Cuban back on so we can try and get uh, back off the schneid. Anyway, Hembo, repeat the question. Uh, since seeding began in 1975, which NFL franchise has earned the one seed in their conference the most times? So not just the current playoff um, configuration, but all the way back to the mid seventies. Uh, Bubba, what's your guess? Oh, geez, I'm going to go San Francisco. He's going San Francisco. Cam, yeah, I thought of them. Uh, I'm going to go with the Steelers, though. Yeah, San Francisco. That the was Steelers. My, my other guess, Dominique. Duplicating okay because yep. like I yes. thought of both of those teams. Obviously, the Patriots are in this conversation, but. They, it just feels too obvious. Um, I think I'm going to stick with the oh, Colts got a lot of one seats. For the record, I don't know that you're looking at me like I know oh, yeah, the yeah, answer. No, no, I don't know it. I'm going to guess as well. I, I'll i go Steelers. Steelers. So that's two Steelers, yeah, one 49ers. No one said Cowboys, who I yeah. think are a team that certainly could be in the conversation. Well, they're in there. Um, yeah, but, but no one has guessed them, and I'm not going to either. I do think New England is the right answer. They won that division for 20 years. The teams in that division were bad through that time. Their records were insanely good. Um, I know that the, I don't know that they would have been the one seed any time before Brady and Belichick, but there may be enough of them in there to overcome that. So I'm going to go New England. So we have one San Francisco, two Pittsburghs, and one New England. Correct. And the correct answer is... San Francisco. Oh, oh that was my first oh, <laughs> Himbo. Oh, that's like the third time that Himbo has just – he, he eyes me off of my thought. and, and he, oh, No man. one does worse 
Yeah. And yeah. Blake, then you do. Yeah, I, I, I know the answer, and I always tell you the right answer before when mm-hmm. we're on Get Up, and then I go a, a zag and I lose it. So All here's right. a quick leaderboard. San Francisco 9, Denver 8, New Whoa. England 7, and then Pittsburgh and Dallas both with 6. Okay, so we had reasonable guesses, but Cam, our current uh, tally is? Yes, I am 14-24, and 24. Bubba is 11-27, and 27. Greeny, you are 9-29, and 29. our stage manager Brandon 3-13, at 13. Mark Cuban's 0-1, as is Dominique Foxworth. All right, there you go. Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more all your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Give me some numbers on that game tonight. Yeah, the Jags are a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Cincinnati. My opinion, based on the numbers at least, and based on the public coming in on them, is that that number is too large. This is going to be a game, I think, decided by something closer to one touchdown. That's what FPI has. It has the Jags as a five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game, and that's taking into account that Cincinnati's playing with their backup quarterback. So I say Cincinnati plus the nine-and-a-half. If you're so inclined. Yeah, look, I mean, none of us may think the Bengals have any chance to do anything this year. But if you're them, you're playing for your season. Like, they think they're playing for their season. I think they'll play hard and well tonight. So I also will take the Bengals and take the points. How about you, Nick? Sure, I trust Himba. It's a lot of points. I like what you say. As well, you should. All right, let me finish it up with, uh, with one question. Well, actually, let's make it two quickly. Nick, we talked on Get Up this morning about the lack of a pass interference call that came late in that game at Lambeau Field last night. Since back literally at a time when you were still playing in the league, Mike and I were all over these conversations about instant replay. And they added instant replay to sports, and then they just keep making it worse, which is to say instant replay in and of itself is a good idea. It is a mechanism by by which we can correct egregious mistakes, and unfortunately, we have bastardized it into any number of things it should never have been designed to be. It is my opinion that instant replay should be something that, first and foremost, all plays should be reviewable. The idea that any one play can decide a game, but we're going to decide which ones we can't and can't review makes no sense. And it should definitely not be something coaches challenge and all this stuff. You got someone in a booth... I, use, I call it the second look rule. Mm-hmm. If I have to look at it a second time, leave the call. Mm-hmm. But if, the, if on first glance, immediately, I see that a mistake has been made, I buzz down to the ref, no, we got that one wrong, put the ball on the six, and it takes no time. No time. If it might take an extra 15 seconds to correct something that was done wrong in a football game. It strikes me that that would have solved this problem last night. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like in the course of the game, we do have times where they do call down and make adjustments to things that have happened in the games. Right. Um, the challenge. So why couldn't you correct an egregiously missed call? What the person whose job it is to do what you just said? Right. Why shouldn't that person be able to call down to the ref and say, "Listen, we blew one massively there. That was clearly defensive pass interference. Change the call." I can't disagree with you that it should happen. It currently has to be the plays that are allowed to be reviewed and allowed to be changed. The ones that are subjective, like pass interference, they can't be. And they and. 
your point is in those situations, it's not subjective anymore. It's pretty objective what is what's happened in a play like that. You always think back to that Saints game against the Rams, right. where it was just egregious, and then they allowed for pass interference to be reviewable, and we found out that that was not going to work. That was a, a problem for them going forward. So I think you're right. Like you want it to be when it's obvious, you want it to be turned over. But the fact of the matter is, it's never going to go away because no one's going to. There are going to be calls that. If you're by your second look rule, that actually are pass interference, but they're going to require a second look, right. and then people are going but to be they, upset. But, no, no, no. And but to you, me, that's not an egregious enough mistake. Okay, so to, you don't to think that will get standard. to the point? But it seems like what happens is we we address one issue, and then that shows us, oh, this isn't perfect. Then we address that. So Greeny in fifty years is going to be like, I want the third look rule. So what you are doing is you are allowing perfect to, to be the way. enemy of good, and that is. Perfect should not be the enemy of better. Right. What we have right now could be made better. I've just made it better, and you're telling me all the reasons why we can't do it. I don't disagree with you. You're right. However, that's not where we are right now. And I do think that while the human element, as you said so eloquently on Get Up, the human element stinks. That's why we have deodorant. Right. Which is right. Yes, human element is annoying. But I do also believe that over the course of a season, these things like level out and so it it doesn't stress me out and I'm not a fan of any particular team I'm not on any team I'm sure if I were playing I would feel differently but over the course of a season these things level out no one is egregiously disadvantaged like that I imagine if we watch the um all of the Chiefs games we can find times when calls went in their favor when somebody pushed off and they didn't call it or something like that so it doesn't particularly stress me out because I'm a fan of all of football not just one team so I get it if you're a fan of one team and I'm not much of a gambler either so like ah. If I had money on that game, I'd be feeling a whole lot different. So maybe I'm the wrong person. I, right. just, I just feel fine with the way that football is played. What you've just described are all the reasons this doesn't bother you, <laughs> but does bother everybody else. Yep. Um, and so there you have it. All right, Hambo, <clears throat> how do we leave it today? Philadelphia, you're done? Finished? No. the Eagles, You going to beat Dallas this weekend? No. The Eagles are not going to beat Dallas this weekend. <laughs> no. I think ha- they will. We're going to have ourselves a three-horse race in the NFC, I think, to the bitter end. Cam thinks they will. Yeah. I mean, I'd love to be as optimistic as Cam, but again, they're, they're, they're playing with a rest disadvantage in this game, just like last game. Dallas is playing better right now. Yeah. The worst unit on the field in that game will be the Eagles' defense, I think, by a considerable margin. It was a coin flip game last time that they happened to win. At the link, I think they're going to lose in Dallas. At least that's my early lean. Yeah, I can't disagree with him, Bo, on that. I think you're probably right. The only argument for the Eagles is that they'll come out with some extra level of intensity to prove that they are much tougher than they look. Or Big Dom. They'll bring the secret oh. weapon. Yeah, he's a Big right Dom. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.